What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Chai, a podcast all around faith, culture, and our continued pursuit of happiness. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to the show. up everyone today is april and we are in another month of shelter in place um, all around the world and we're just bringing you some more quarantine content to keep you inspired and keep you hope filled in a season where it feels like you might want to give up and today on the podcast i've got a good friend of mine christian wang he is the director of city team san francisco an organization that serves the community and those who are experiencing homelessness poverty hunger and addiction as well as the co-founder of Mobilize Love, which is an organization that exists to show up and give kids hope. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking around mobilizing love. And so I pray this conversation blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you. Enjoy. Yo, Christian, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> yeah, I feel <laughs> like, um, you know, we've been trying to make this happen for a while now. And um, man, like, Today was finally the day. <laughs> I know. Thanks for being patient. Your initial email ended up in my spam. I was like, what? Man, come on, Google. Let's get it That's together. Crazy. <laughs> it, it just looks too professional. They I thought know. it was maybe. <laughs> I know. I needed, I needed to just scale it back and make it just like a regular conversation. <laughs> um, awesome. But, man, you are, I feel like, man, you're like a boss in a city, man. I feel like if there's anyone to know in San Francisco, it is you and your family. And um, I want to talk around everything that you're doing uh, with City Team San Francisco and Mobilize Love and really um, how you're impacting the city and how what you're doing um, is impacting the city. But for those who may not know you, um, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so my name is Christian and uh, born and raised in San Francisco, which means I'm not a bandwagon Warriors fan. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, just, you know, raising the city, um, and, uh, you know, my, my dad and my mom, uh, they are both first generation, uh, believers in their families. We don't come from like a long line of like a bunch of pastors or anything like that. They mm -hmm. both got saved late twenties, early thirties, something like that. Um, in the seventies during a hippie movement, you know, mm -hmm. uh, th they were living wild lives and. Uh, yet they met Jesus and it transformed their life. I was about one years old at the time and it changed kind of the course of our family. Um, and I mean, their lives changed so radically. They ended up quitting all of their jobs and, and starting um, a nonprofit in the Tenderloin district. Mm. And that was, that was when I was about one years old. So 30 something, you know, over 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's how I grew up, man. My parents just serving people serving people, serving the city. And that really just shaped my worldview. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of always knew what I wanted to do. Of course, the expression always changes, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the expression of how you, how you serve kind of changes over the course of time. But um, um, that's what led me to where I'm at today. You know, so I'm the executive director of City Team San Francisco. Um, that's a 61-year-old nonprofit in the Bay Area, really well-established, great mm -hmm. name, great work, um, and we're in five cities across America, and I lead a city team in San Francisco, 
Yeah. And then my wife and I, we co-founded Mobilize Love in addition to that. So actually, before we became the city team, we launched this idea of Mobilize Love, which mm-hmm. is um, really mobile human services towards children, youth, and families. Mm. And uh, so we do that as well. And then actually, we just um, started a new thing um, where my wife and I are now the chaplains for the San Francisco Giants as well. Oh, so, come on. Um, yeah, we just started that, but quite an inauspicious start with COVID-19. You know, we haven't, yeah. I mean, we started, but we haven't started, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, preferably they win, um, you know, I'm saying uh, the World Series, because that means, you know, if you're a chaplain, you get whatever they get, which is kind of cool. I just, I just found that out. So. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I heard about that. The the previous chaplain, Mark Mitchell, mm-hmm. um, who's a really well-established pastor in the Bay, uh, he, he always jokes around because, um the 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 former chaplain before him you know mm-hmm. when they won the, the world series that he he got three rings and then mark took over and and he, he didn't get anything <laughs> <laughs> well no man i so, think that's 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 inspiring man i think um you are the right person for it and so you you mentioned just a few moments ago that you've kind of always known what you've wanted to do um what would you say that that is I think I think the happiest people in life that I've ever met are usually those who've leveraged their life for mm. the benefit of others. Okay. Um, and um, you know, there's just something different. I mean, it's it's the Nelson Mandela's, you know, the Mother Teresa's, the Martin mm. Luther King Juniors, um, those those kind of surreal people who kind of you know they they put action to their faith. They, they, they live sacrificially, mm-hmm. you know, for the sake of other people. I, for me, that's, those are heroes in my life. You wow. know, I'm not really enamored by, you know, like uh, power or money or prestige. It's, mm-hmm. but the people that really impact me are like, uh, are those names that I mentioned, you know, and, and people who take um, the position or the resources God gave them and they focus on others. And it's just, yeah. it's just one of those things where, um, you know, it is by self forgetting that one finds, mm. you know, and that's St. Francis of Assisi. And, and I just found that to be true over the course of my life. The more focused I am on myself, gosh, mm-hmm. the more depressed, <laughs> the more depressed <laughs> I get. <laughs> and so it's more like, you know, it's never been about a role for me, you know, mm-hmm. like I, but it's just been more of like, hey, I've I've seen kind of how my parents lived. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen how other people lived. And gosh, like if I were to choose at the end of my life who I wanted to become, mm-hmm. it's 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 more of the people that that spent their life in service to others. Mm-hmm. You know. So man, no, that's powerful. I mean, it's 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 true of like pastors too. You know, mm-hmm. I re- I really admire pastors. A lot of people think maybe it's an easy job, or it's not. It is not. In yeah. fact, I would venture to say it's probably harder than even the nonprofit work I do. You know why? Because it's like you can't sleep at night. <laughs> mm, yeah. You're dealing you're dealing with people's eternal souls and man, you can't turn it off, you know what I mean? Man, no, I think that's powerful that, you know, the greatest things that we can do in life is to serve others. Um, you know, I, I'm privileged to have a job at Apple and I feel like if I had to say, you know, what God has me here for is to help, um, you know, fund the the ministry of my life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would say my, my the hardest part of my job is uh, what I do, you know, on weekends, what I do throughout the week, which is pastoring people. Um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like when you um, serve other people, they're now attached to your life. And so 
Um, you know, whether you're a pastor or even doing nonprofit work like you, I feel like even when you go to sleep, you're still thinking about it. You're thinking about what else can I do? How else can I serve people and how can I have a greater impact? And so, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if I have a, a harder job than you. I would just say uh, we both have <laughs> hard jobs um, because I think every every person has a story and we become part of their story when we start to serve them. It's true. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so um, how did you really get started in community community work? Um, because you don't just wake up and become director of City Team San Francisco and you don't just wake up and decide to start a nonprofit. Um, what, what, what was part of the journey? Yeah, um, you know, it started when I was in high school. Um, that's kind of when God really became real to me. You know, mm-hmm. of course, like I mentioned, I grew up with my parents um, uh, coming to know their own faith. And I witnessed that. And, you know, I basically grew up on the first row of church mm-hmm. uh, be- because they got so radical. I remember my parents hearing stories of them, you know, smashing records and breaking <laughs> cigarettes and pouring wine down the, oh, the faucet. You like they, they went from party animals to like every single moment they had an opportunity to be at church. They were at church wow. and I, <laughs> I was on their lap. <laughs> so, so like I had, you know, um, really heard so much about Jesus, but when I was in high school, it became real to me. That mm-hmm. information, you know, then became a revelation. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that happened, like, kind of like C.S. Lewis says, like, like um, the fulfillment of joy isn't just like um, the joy itself, but expressing the joy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when like joy is is complete. And for me, it was like, okay, if God's real, I have to tell someone about him. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like Instagram. You can eat a meal, but like, you know, you got to post a picture about it. That's the full expression <laughs> of joy. It is a full expression. <laughs> and so for me, I was just in high school. I, you know, God just became real to me. And I just, my dad was basically like, hey, we need to start a youth, you know, ministry. Mm. And we don't have anyone. Would you do it? Mm. So that's how I started. I, you know, and, and of course we didn't have a youth group and, you know, kids weren't coming to mm-hmm. City Impact at the time. So I basically spent my work hours um after high school i would come into the tenderloin and just spend all my time going throughout the community and getting to know anyone that would talk to me Mm. um and then that really shaped kind of like yeah like even like when i was in high school i was like when i graduate i I don't even want to go to college like this Mm. is what i want to do full time i went to college for one semester and i dropped out i didn't i didn't see the point of studying about the bible when i can just go out and meet people wow. you know so i dropped out <laughs> and then uh which is not really um acceptable in an asian household by the way <laughs> it's not acceptable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but i dropped out because i had gotten to know these youth and i was like man i can't justify just studying about the bible all day so my my third 30 hours of my 40 hour work week was uh spending one hour once a week bible study with mm-hmm. 30 youth Mm. So I would I would go to one person's home, do one hour Bible study with them, go to another person's home, one hour Bible study like that. And um, that's how I started, like, you know, serving in the Tenderloin. And I'm, I'm telling you, from that t- from those years that we were doing that, mm-hmm. some of those guys that have grown up, they're my best friends to this day. Mm. And, um, you know, they're still serving God. They love Jesus. They're all they're scattered all over the city, doing incredible things on their own. They have families. And um, that was that was what got me started. And and then I just basically whenever an opportunity presents itself, I kind of just, you know, say yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's good. I think, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, going to college and then dropping out after a year. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people like to hear things like that. They're, you know, oh, man, you know, maybe I don't have to go to school. Um, but I think the the real uh, if you take a bigger picture um, of it, it's kind of like, you know, God's called you to do something. Um, and it's mm -hmm. our job to figure out what that is. Um, yeah. And it's always going to involve growing more and more in what you have a passion for. And sometimes that passion will lead you to go get more education through school. But then sometimes that passion will lead you to, to actually start to put it into practice immediately. And yeah. you know, I like the fact that, you know, like I just started surfing and I realized I had a love for being there. And I didn't want to just learn about the theory of it, but I actually wanted mm -hmm. to put it into practice. And so um, I think that's really powerful. And my wife and I, we moved to San Francisco, man, I feel like it's 2020. So we moved here 2018. And um, I guess we're going into our third year. And, um, you know, we got introduced to you and your wife, Corey. And uh, I think immediately we were just so awestruck by the fact that you guys obviously have a beautiful family. Um, but even more so by the fact that you were doing ministry so well together. Um, and I, I look at just the way you guys live and everything that you do, it feels like your family is part of it all from the work you do with city team, the work that you do with mobilized love. Um, it's a family effort. And so, um, when you look at that and you look at your family, would you agree that they are a huge part of the work that, um, you do? Oh yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I think one of the greatest gifts I can give my kids is the ability to integrate, you know, both our faith, our work, and our family as one. Mm. Um, I think we're kind of a lot of kids that grow up with like, you know, parents in ministry where they kind of, um, you know, start to stray a little is when they see the disconnect between mm -hmm. oh here's our faith here's our ministry life and then here's our personal life and it's compartmentalized yeah um and they can't really reconcile you know why it's compartmentalized and so i i feel almost obligated like i think the greatest gift i can give my kids is involving them in the work yeah. i mean i mean this is the you know this is what not only god's commanded us to do which is to you know care for the poor and the powerless mm -hmm. but it's it's just one of the smartest ways you can live if you know if eternity's real and this bible's real which i firmly believe it is some people may argue against it but i mm -hmm. i just happen to believe it is and if it is real you know it's it's just one of the smartest ways you can live because you can store up treasure in heaven based on you know, the works you do on earth. Now I'm not talking about works as far as, you know, like righteousness and all that. You can't work for that, but um, you, you can do good works, you mm -hmm. know, and get rewards for it based on how you live. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so, yeah, I involve my kids as much as, uh, as much as we can. Oh, that's powerful. Um, I, I know that doing community work requires a really great team. Um, yeah. You can't, you can do a lot of great things by yourself, but the more people that you have involved with you, it helps you, it become more of a movement um, movement, yeah. but, but just one person is just one person walking, but you have a collective effort. It's really a movement. And um, I look at, you know, who's on your team. And I, I think you guys have a really um, powerful and strong team, both at city team, which is, you know, very established and been around for mm -hmm. many years. Um, but even with mobilized love, cause you guys do a lot of work in my neighborhood, which is Bayview. Um, mm -hmm. which is a traditionally black neighborhood here in San Francisco and um, definitely a lot of low income families here. 
Um, so if you had to look at your team, would you say that, um, man, you have a really great team and it's a really good uh, mix of people from different backgrounds and um, uh, different ways in which they grew up? Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, so city team is, you know, again, yeah, very well established, over 100 staff in five cities, um, led by a great CEO uh, named Glenn Peterson. Mm hmm. You know, and he's taught me a lot about building teams. He has built one of the smartest teams I've ever worked with, mm. you know, in a nonprofit. I mean, he surrounds himself with really great people. Um, and I'm not just saying that because he hired me, but, you know, he, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, you know, the, the quality of the people that he has at City Team, I'm, I'm honored to work there. Um, really great, really diverse and just go getters. Um, both intellectually and just doers. Mm -hmm. um, and with Mobilize Love, uh, it's a little different, obviously, because it's it's kind of like a startup, mm -hmm. you know, um, very new. Um, but it's it's a labor of love, in my opinion. Like you know, my wife and I really felt compelled to focus on children, youth, and families in the city because when we kind of took a gap analysis of, of the city, you know, we really felt that children are often the, the neglected people group of the city. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, like the homelessness issue, you know, the drug addiction issue or the, the housing issue, you know, or even the economy kind of, kind of eats up a lot of the attention and, and airtime. But then it's like, gosh, we still have 130,000 kids in this city. Mm -hmm. And the only time people bring up, you know, the fact that there are children here is like, Hey, you know, they're too expensive to raise here. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's the only time they talk about the kids, but then, uh, you know, just, just over and over and over. We, you know, it's like my kids play sports, they play on AAU teams. And, and as we would go to all these parks and recs and we would just see how lonely these kids are. They're just like hanging out by themselves all weekend. Mm -hmm. And that really bothered us. Like it, it broke our hearts. It bothered us. You know, I, you know, my kids are so blessed because, you know, we're really involved in their lives. But I'm mm -hmm. like, man, these kids and, and here's what I know to be true. Like, you know, again, pointed back to the time when my wife and I were youth directors. One thing we realized is whoever shows up wins the battle of influence. Mm. And if these kids are kind of floating around with really no positive influence, they will become what they behold on That's the true. streets. Yeah. And so we just felt compelled to like you know, Hey, we got to show up in the places really no one really is. And, and just, and just be a positive role model. And that's what mobilized love is. And so that team there though, is like our close friends mm -hmm. and like a small circle of supporters. Yeah. Like, you know, we built that whole fleet of trucks with like 12 people mm. that gave, um, and then our best friends in life, which is, um, Elaine and Visna Chia. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, between me, Corey, Elaine, and Visna, um, you know, we, we've been running everything, you know, operationally, mm -hmm. a small circle of donors gave, and then we built an, a, a small advisory board of just people that will elevate the ministry to the next level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we're really surrounded by incredible people. Yeah. I, you guys are just attractive in that, in that way. Like, when we first met, it was just like, hey, let's get some lunch and have lunch with you and your entire family. And just talked around, you know, I love for the city and I love for the people. And for me at the time, y'all, you guys probably didn't know it. Um, you know, we were still trying to, to really make San Francisco home. 
um, mm. because, you know, we're not from here. We're from Atlanta and, you know, this was becoming more and more home for us. And so just being able to attach ourselves to some other people that love the city and love the people, uh, we got yeah. to see a really good side of the city because a lot of what you see when you come into the city is, oh, it's a lot of homelessness and, oh, you know, housing is is expensive um, and you just see the problems. But when you can take a, a peel behind the curtain and see, okay, there's some solutions to the problem and maybe I was brought here to be that solution, um, I think it gives you a whole new look on um, the city and why you're here. And so uh, I definitely appreciate you guys for connecting with us. Yeah, no, we loved having that time with you and Terry. It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to grab uh, lunch with you guys on a random day. I can't remember. Uh, I, I feel like it was really random. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking about uh, just ways in which we can help um, the community. We can, you know, partner with City Team, my church in uh, City Team San Francisco. Um, and I think a lot of times, especially right now with coronavirus and a lot of things happening around the world, because of that, people losing their jobs, finances, their homes. Um, I, those of us who are in positions where we can help um, oftentimes feel mo- immobilized because we don't know what to do. Right. Like everyone's like, oh, do I donate money? Do I donate items? Like, what do I do? And uh, just the thought of those things and how much uh, there is to do can put people in a position where instead of actually doing something, we just don't do anything at all because um, we're, you know, we just don't know what is the best thing that we can do. And so in this time, in this crazy time, what is the best way um, in which people can help? What would you say, especially here in San Francisco? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, um, I worship at reality. That's where my family goes to church. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think our pastor, Dave Lomas, um, you know, we really, we really fall under his spiritual authority. And I, I feel like, you know, his recommendation is really true for the city. I think I've been telling people one of the best ways we can love the city now is by obeying the shelter in place order. Mm Mm-hmm is by working with the authorities, you know, mm-hmm. trusting that God has set them in place and listening to their recommendations, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it back to leveraging your life for the benefit of others. I think, you know, that, you know, it's self-sacrifice to stay home, mm-hmm. to be bored out of your mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also one of the most loving things you can do. You know, and I mentioned that because a lot of people think action, you know, it, it's like the world, you know, like, don't just stand there, do something. Yeah. But a lot of times for Christians, it's complete opposite. Don't just do something, stand there. Mm. And uh, how many times God is just like, just stay put, be still. Yeah. I'll fight the fight, you know. And and so I, I, I just tell people, hey, you may feel like you're not doing anything, but you are. You know, if you can shelter in place, you know, do your part. So that's my first. But secondly, like, I'm also a very practical guy, though. <laughs> so, like, Pastor Rob, I, you know, when I told you, I was like, could your church just give us, like, to-go containers? Because yeah. that's, a, like, a big expense for us. I, I was like, we need, like, three grand or something like that for just to-go containers, mm. something practical. And your church did it. Yeah. You know, you raised the money. You raised above and beyond, which yeah. is great. It's such a blessing. I think uh, we had, we said, I'm not, I didn't tell you this. We set a really low goal um, internally. I was just like, okay, two grand and then that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, my wife and I committed to just do what we can. And within the span of maybe just 10 days, our team just came together. It was just a collective of maybe like, you know, 50 or so people. And, um, man, people gave and, um, you know, wow. we're blessed to be able to, you know, write a check for like six grand, which is a blessing yeah. and people are still giving. And so, 
um, I think everyone was just waiting on an opportunity to give. And so we were able to exactly. at least highlight that. Yeah. And th so that's why, yeah, I, I, just little things like that. I mean, so I tell people, number one, you know, shelter in place. But if you want to give practically, there are ways, you mm -hmm. know, like the to-go containers. So the, the most practical thing I tell people is, like, we're serving so many meals. Right now, like, our our greatest gift right now to the city with City Team and Mobilize Love is we're serving meals mm -hmm. and delivering groceries to areas where they wouldn't get the food if, if we're not stepping in. Mm. Um, a lot of elderly, a lot of sheltered, uh, shut-in residents or disabled residents, a lot of communities that there is no presence of restaurants <laughs> or nonprofits that will give the food out. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, I've been telling people $3 will get them a meal. Mm. And in San Francisco, you know, that's a great deal because every is. time you sit down in San Francisco, it's at least 25 bucks. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So, yeah, I, you know, I tell people at the lowest threshold, man, if you can give three bucks, at least buy someone's lunch for the week. Yeah, I think the city is very much coming together um, in this mm -hmm. time. And it's a beautiful thing to see. You know, I think you know, you mentioned our leaders and I, I really, you know, applauding our leadership from Mayor London Breed, um, really just like uh, being very informative, um, mm -hmm. but also providing people um, opportunities to to give and then also. Um, just highlighting, you know, those who have put themselves in the front line organization like yourselves, uh, my healthcare workers, all of those who are still um, mm -hmm. day to day um, helping those in need. And I think it's something beautiful. I was looking, uh, someone posted this other day and I think it was maybe in the Castro. Is it like every day or something? Um, the city just erupts in applause and noise, just like applauding the efforts of those who are on the front lines. And it's a beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. And wow. I think it really speaks to the love of this city and how yeah. much I believe God wants to do something even in this season um, in our city. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just a, a blessing to see you and um, people like you doing a lot in this season. Um, and I guess speaking into the area of faith, um, obviously, you know, city team is a faith-based organization. So it's mobilized love. And, you know, you mentioned your, family, you know, finding Christ, um, <laughs> you know, shortly before you were born, and then you pretty much growing up on the front row seat of church. And um, I'm pretty sure, you know, from that time all the way to now, your faith has had, you know, a crazy journey, and it's grown in some incredible ways. Um, but specifically, due to the work that you do, how have you seen God grow your faith? Yeah, I, I thought about that when I saw this question come earlier today <laughs> and um <laughs> you know i think um obviously you know i you know you and i we probably talked for hours about how many miracles we've seen mm -hmm. you know just god's provision you know god's protection god's presence those are the three p's i always i mean mentioned because i mean I, you know we've had you know i've had knives pulled on me mm -hmm. you know i've had a gun pulled on me once you know we've you know we've been so in desperate need of finances with no visible breakthrough. And then all of a sudden a random check comes in, the, you know, so like I, you know, there's so many stories like that where you can always point to and be like, no, I, I remember that time mm -hmm. where this guy was wielding a, a seven inch knife, you know, yelling at us. And yet he was paralyzed and couldn't move yeah. as I just walked past him, you know, like that stuff's not explainable you know, to a lot of people, but it's like, I lived it. So you can't talk me out of it. Like I know God's real. Yeah. But the area that, you know, that really challenged my faith though, is like, 
um, it, it, you know, it's, but then I, you know, it's so basically applying faith to myself and my own family. That's the hardest. Mm. That's, that's where I have the most doubt. Cause you know, I, I, I have no problem telling others, Hey, God's, God's not done with your life. You yeah, know, he, yeah. he's got a plan and purpose for you. Yeah. He's going to protect you. He's going to heal you. Mm-hmm. And then if my, my kid gets sick and I'm like, Oh my gosh, where's yeah. God? Yeah. And that for me, honestly, is the hardest thing to reconcile. I was like, how do like, you know, like, how do I serve so passionately and believe so passionately for others? But then when my own faith gets tested, it's like, you know, I, I doubt so much. Mm-hmm. I doubt. And I sometimes even fall into despair. Like, man, I can't do this. Like, how, how do I keep serving in the face of so much injustice or even fruitlessness? It seems like, you yeah. know, it's like that for me is the area that I've grown the most, like basically staying faithful even when it's fruitless yeah yeah i it, it's it's faith is a crazy thing because um you know it's easy to have faith when things are cool or you're just you know believing for somebody else but then when it comes to your yes. own personal life you're like man why why does it feel like my faith is like fickle man like what, what's going exactly. on with my faith? you know i think a lot of people <laughs> in this time um you know the, the coronavirus is beginning to hit home for a lot of people you know, it's hit home mm. for my family and my family has been, you know, I got family in New York who've been affected and, you know, mm. everyone, uh, my family, you know, grew up in, in, in the church and, but everyone is now in a place where like, man, like, where's God in this? What's going on? Um, and, you know, I've been in a position where I feel like I've been really just the encourager to remind people like God's still in it. He's still got a plan in this and he didn't cause it. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. will say mm-hmm. oh, everything happens for a reason, but man, everything doesn't happen for a reason. Sometimes things just happen. Um, but man, we can have faith to believe that God's still in it because man, like he's done it before. Um, and mm-hmm. we can see the fruit of that in other people's lives. And so if I, it, I, I can easily speak faith over somebody else's life, but I also need to use what I'm speaking into them to fuel my faith. Like I can look at their life and say, you know what? I've seen what God's done in your life. And I can remember that when I'm going through tough seasons. Like, man, I remember what God did in this person's life. You know, mm-hmm. you spoke about being, you know, always having a heart for youth. And my wife and I, we used to be youth pastors. And, you know, sometimes it can be a thankless ministry. You know, I think yeah. very much just like any nonprofit, like be thankless. Like you might not get immediate thanks for what you're doing, um, but you'll see some of the fruit, you know, years and years later in somebody's life. And I remember the first yeah. time I saw one of our youth come back and man this man came back looking good feeling fresh and i'm like first off you look really good young man like awesome (laughs) (laughs) Um, but even more so he still had a heart for jesus and i was like man i don't know if i would have ever guessed that this could happen and seeing that was like thank you god that i got to be a part of that and i'm pretty sure you get to have similar stories with people like that yes you've seen come through city team or young people that you've been able to bless through mobilize love yeah, totally agree. So um, I want to, I kind of want to, I guess, end this conversation speaking into, um, you know, what's next? Like, what's your focus for Mobilize Love this year um, as we, you know, get through this pandemic, as you set vision for um, what you guys want to accomplish? Obviously, you had a vision for um, 2020. Um, has that changed? Um, has that evolved? Um, what's that look like now? Yeah, it really has changed. We've had to pivot quite a bit uh, with both City Team and Mobilize Love um, because, you know, we're so event-based, you know, mm-hmm. and 
and uh, we're so used to gathering people together. But if if that doesn't change, um, then really, you know, we're running basically only our essential services. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the cool things is, you know, by having already been positioned with our mission, which is being mobile, mm-hmm. by, by already being mobile, one great thing is just, you know, like our food truck can go anywhere and serve people. Yeah. Um, so we're the Bay Area's first nonprofit food truck ever. Mm. Um, and so it's interesting because, you know, we, you know, our whole premise was we want to, we want a really great food truck and it's free for children, youth and families. Mm. Um, and you know, we had built it, we had permitted it and, um, we started running it a couple of times and then bam, coronavirus hit. So, you know, I feel like incredibly blessed right now that we can go out mm-hmm. as much, as much as we want and just serve so many people. So our vision right now is, I mean, we don't know. I, we don't know what the future looks like, but we're just going to, you know, identify the needs and mm-hmm. continue to meet it as much as possible. No, I like that. You got to get me on the, the truck one day, man. I saw um, Tim yeah. on there, man. I'm like, man, y'all look like y'all having fun over there. So <laughs> and yeah, you got to come out with us. <laughs> I got to get on there, man. I will put my mask on. I'm good. I'm safe. Um, <laughs> but I love people. So. That would definitely yep. be a blessing, man. But thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Um, man, this was a blessing. This blessed me, and I know it's going to bless somebody else. Thank you so much, Robert. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for checking out the podcast, Coffee and Chai. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, share with your friends or family as we plan to release new episodes every other Thursday to end your week off right. If you have any questions or comments, be sure to hit me up on social media, on Instagram or Twitter, RobG1906. But again, thank you for checking us out, and we'll catch you next time.